The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit voicesofwrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. to Wrestling Omakase. It is episode number 181, and this week I am pleased to be joined by a returning guest and Voices of Wrestling contributor. Hello, Jeff. Hello, John. I called you Voice of Wrestling contributor. What's the last thing you've contributed? Oh, God. Uh, I did a review of... I don't even remember the show. It was a New <laughs> Japan show. I was... It was a New Japan show I wasn't particularly enthused with. It might have been one of the G1 nights. Okay. I can't, because I was trying to remember the last time I, you haven't written any, like, uh, columns that have gotten Cody Rhodes to DM the Worst Wrestling account in a while. But... Oh, yeah, I haven't done that yet. Uh, I did get retweeted by Rocky on my last article. That was pretty oh, cool. yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. The, uh, the, the, the articles that, make, that piss off Cody. We need more of those. Uh, God. Write, write something about, the AEW people have been too smug lately. Yeah, I'll be honest, man. You know, when you watch AEW as a top heavy, like if you just watch the top of the card, it's fine. Uh, I I definitely think Lanza and them are a little looser on the bottom of you know, like the the mid card and the. Yeah, I I totally. I mean, I find the main event pretty. The main event stuff is usually pretty good. Mm -hmm. Everything else is can border on unwatchable for me, and I you know I just can't. I mean, like putting on dynamite is like. You know, how many stupid comedy segments do I have to sit through? Uh, yeah. There's usually terrible mid-card matches. And yeah, yeah. The, the middle of the card is not particularly enthralling in terms of the wrestlers. Like, yeah. there's no one there that I'm really enthused to watch. Like, I'm exactly. not trying to sit down and watch Best Friends versus <laughs> Private well, Party. It's funny, you probably just named one of the only acts in the, in the mid-card acts in the company I kind of like. But oh, I God, sure... I don't like that. I like Best Friends, but I, like, there's so many acts in that company, I have no time for it all. I mean, Dark Order, yeah, uh, you know, um, Matt Hardy, Matt Hardy, oh god, Matt Hardy for sure. 
uh, I don't know. I don't even really like Sammy Guevara that much. There's a lot of people. Either. There's a lot of people in the company. I'm just really not. The whole. Uh, I mean, I. The inner like may, the inner circle thing has killed. Like I Sammy, I always I liked a little bit before, and uh, same thing with what's the name, um, proud and powerful or whatever. But like I don't know, inner circle has gotten so crappy. Uh, I think it's killed it for me. Yeah, inner circle is. Uh, I mean, it's not great. I, I to be honest, I think uh, the older wrestler influence, ironically, is the problem. Yeah. Uh, I. I like Jericho to me, anything he's touched, I've just not been a fan of. Yeah, the Jericho uh, since... stuff has been brutal. I mean, and I love Jericho. He he's a. I mean, for me, he was. I mean, until recently, he was still like you know a, a great wrestler, and I had a, I have him in the top ten all time, probably top five somewhere in there. Yeah, man, it's been awful. Yeah. <laughs> it's just not been good. And when I watched that match he had with MJF, I thought, oh, MJF's carrying Jericho. And if yeah. you would have told me a year ago I'd be saying that, I would have, you know. Yeah, I mean, your mind. at this point, I honestly, and I, you know, I wasn't a big MJF fan, and he really started to win me over that match against Moxley at All Out, which was like the only good thing on that entire show, practically. That show was ass. Yeah, yeah. That, and and like now it does feel like Jericho is dragging MJF down, which is kind of crazy to say out loud, but like that's yeah. how bad this Jericho shit has gotten. I mean, who who the fuck does a Hangover parody in 2020? Really fucking keeping it relevant there. But uh... yeah, I, it, it was not great. Though, though, I mean, at least you know they uh, they did on the following show put over that young upcoming star Matt Hardy. Yeah. So uh, I think he'll I think he'll be something in about five years. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, the Matt Hardy shit is awful. I don't know. There's just so many. There's so much shit in that company. I have no time for it all. But you know, that's why it makes yeah. it hard for me to get through any episode of Dynamite. I end up turning it off after a half hour a lot of times. Yeah, my uh, I think my relative positivity towards the promotion has been because I, I watched the pay-per-views and I watched the top of the pay-per-views and nothing else. Yeah. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, they don't have a women's division. I, I don't know who's <laughs> in that division. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I, I know Sheet is really coming, good. Coming uh, out on, on behalf of sexism here. Richard <laughs> <Jeff Andrews. laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, it's not good. I'm sorry. Like, if I wanted to watch... Uh, good women's wrestling, I'd watch Stardom. Yeah, that, or Tokyo you know, Jersey or a million other companies. Or, to, or literally any other company, yeah. essentially. I, I could watch WWE for that matter. I, uh, I'm not, not going to. Let's not go crazy. I think they're, I think WWE's women's division is better. I'm not. Well, yeah, yeah. Oh, better than AEW. But you, yeah. have to, but you have to sit through a lot of crap, even, in, even if you don't. Like, even if you only watch the women's division, I'm sure you have to right. sit through plenty of bullshit. You would. But, it's, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. So yeah, this is not the uh, American Wrestling Sucks podcast. We are here to talk about Japanese wrestling. Uh, I'm sure we've already lo- probably lost a few viewers <laughs> or listeners, I should say, who are probably not thrilled at the AEW bashing. But look, uh, Jeff said it. I, I, I will agree with it. Their main event stuff has definitely gotten better. That's something. I mean, that Moxie Kingston feud was good. I mean, I'll say something positive about AEW. It's uh, Moxie Kingston feud was really good after, you know... Which was good because that Moxie MDF feud sucked. Other than the match, uh, yeah. the the Kenny stuff, you know, as much as Kenny's not my favorite wrestler, you know, uh, he <laughs> it, it's still he's being presented in a much better way now. And I agree. You know, I'm sure. I, that, I'm, I think it's grossly overrated, but I agree. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Well, a lot of things. <laughs> I mean, look, try, <laughs> trying to be positive about it. Trying to be positive. There's some good stuff there. It's just to me, it's like really dragged down by yeah. the bullshit and you know if you listen to people who really hate new japan right now which i think kind of includes you uh right but they 
I, I, and this part doesn't include you, I guess, but like a lot of people who I feel like are really down New Japan give AEW a pass for a lot of bullshit. And that does, that does really annoy me. Because, like, again, I, I get if you're tired of run-ins or whatever, but I will take a lot of run-ins before I want to see Hornswoggle in a diaper. That's just me. If people <laughs> people will prefer the Hornswoggle in the diaper, which is... Uh, I made that tweet and people got mad at me. Like, oh, that's only 30 seconds. Well, it's like, well, you should... It, it's because it's a weekly thing. Uh, you know, it's right. not Hornswoggle in a diaper every week, but there is some fucking Jericho bullshit every week. Look. If WWE did that, they would have gotten killed. murdered. Yeah, yeah, like and they should have because it's fucking dumb. So it's not good. Yeah, I, you know, I just I don't I don't understand sometimes. I mean, and I think a lot I think a lot of the people, especially with VOW, are at least consistent in that they hate what they hate. Like I don't hear Lanza go, "Oh, I love that Orange Cassidy match." You yeah, know what I mean? yeah. But, but I don't know. It just feels like they it feels like the promotion gets a pass. It because, does, and it's but like, the booking it, gets a pass, and it's annoying. But anyway, uh that's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about... So New Japan. Yes, New Japan and DDT. Uh, the New Japan World Tag League Night 4 and the DDT DO Night 1. Uh, before I get specifically into these two shows, uh, I want to mention, of course, that we're covering all these tournaments every day on the Wrestling Omakase Patreon. So if you want to hear daily coverage of the World Tag League, the Best of Super Junior, which we're not talking about today because there was no... Super Junior Show today, but this past week we did, uh, you know, two two Patreon exclusive shows on the Best of Super Juniors, and we'll be doing another one uh, tomorrow on Monday, the Mon- Monday, November twenty third, I should say. So that'll be a night for the Best of Super Juniors. Uh, so we'll, we've we've done a ton of shows on the Patreon already this week, uh, this past week, I should say. We have more coming this week, four more uh, standalone shows, uh, including our first Do coverage on the patreon uh plus uh a patreon exclusive double header where uh, i'll be joined by a guest uh liam mccann actually who's a guy i've wanted to have on the show for a while so that'll be fun and we'll be covering world tag league night six and do night three so tons of stuff basically on the like you sign up it's again it's only five dollars you'll get uh standalone shows covering four different shows and then another double show exclusive of the Patreon, covering two more shows. So six shows we'll be covering this coming week alone on the Patreon. And we covered four, I believe, this past week. Either three or four. I forget. I think it's four. But either way, uh, I think you're getting your $5 worth. I know I'm very biased. But it's at patreon.com slash wrestling omakase. Uh, there's a great DO preview on the Voice Omakase Patreon with myself and Jamie from the Dramatic DDT blog. Uh, we covered, you know, everything you want to know about the DL. If you're looking to jump into it uh, as a new fan, we re- went down and covered, you know, every individual wrestler in there and, you know, what we're expecting them from them in the tournament. And we covered the whole schedule. So, again, that's only available on the Patreon if you want to jump in to the DO coverage. So that's up there for you right now. And, again, we'll be covering the DO uh, throughout the rest of the month into December on the Patreon. So, it's again, it's patreon.com slash wrestlingomakase. Only $5.00. Uh, tons of tournament audio this week tons of tournament audio this past week more to come uh, should be a lot of fun so please check that out uh, the show we're here to talk about today is World Tag League Night 4 uh, from the Saku City General Gymnasium now before I get into the actual show the other thing I've been doing a lot of um, you know with these uh, lesser venues I guess you could say that they're run during the Best of the Super Junior and the uh, 
World Tag League is like, and people said they enjoyed this on the Patreon, so you know I'll bring it here to the free feed. It's going over both the location of these venues for people who are interested in Japanese geography and also past shows held there because these are all, often venues that don't get very many shows and all, you know, and definitely not big shows. So this show is from, like I said, from the Saku City General Gymnasium. Uh, that's you know, looks basically like it's in. Uh, yeah, it's in Nagano Prefecture, so, uh, you know, people will probably know the city of Nagano for the 1998 Winter Olympics, uh, you know, if you're old enough, I guess. I don't even know if you would know that, Jeff, but <laughs> you're not. Uh, that, in fact, happened before I was born, Yeah, so no. uh, but it was, there was a, there was a, I was pretty young then, but there was like a, uh, there was a, a game for the Nintendo 64 that was probably pretty terrible, but as a kid... Uh, I really enjoyed it, so that's that's how I remember the Nagano Winter Olympics. Uh, but yeah, this was th- this is not quite in Nagano City though. Um, this is a little bit to the south of that, but it's to the northwest of Tokyo. So you're getting you're well through Saitama, which is the neighboring prefecture, and then you're basically in the next prefecture over uh, to the north to the northwest. So you know this is a it looks like kind of a small town in Nagano Prefecture. Um, Saku, let's, let's see what the population of Saku is. I'm kind of curious now. Uh, the population of Saku is... Uh, it's only 99,131. Actually, a little more than I would have guessed, but, uh, you know, it's definitely not a big city or anything. Um, but, yeah, this is a city that they don't run super often, certainly not in the Saku City general gymnasium um they've only run it actually a total of five times counting the show so their first time they ever ran there was in 2000 uh for a best of super juniors show uh the main event of that show was uh kensuke sasaki shiro koshinaka and yutaki yoshii defeating the team 2000 trio of masahiro choto uh michiyoshi ohara and satoshi kojima the top best of super junior match because this was oh this was they were only doing one best of super junior match per show at this point wow uh, the only best of super junior match of the show was Shinjiro Otani defeating Kid Kid Romeo who uh, people might remember from the end of WCW I believe it was the first and only uh, yes WCW Cruiserweight Tag Team Champion with Alex Skipper uh, but yeah so that was the only tournament match on the show and it went five minutes and thirty seven seconds so. Uh, these tournaments were a lot different back then, I guess. But Hiroshi Tanahashi worked the opener, lost to Wataru in a way. Uh, you wanted How to add times some? changed. Yeah, uh, they took six years to come back. They finally came back in 2006 for the Best of Super Juniors again. Uh, you can see Naito and Yujiro in the opener, uh, beating Mitsuhi- uh, Mitsuhiro Hirosawa. I believe that's the future captain New Japan. Yes, it is. Uh, and Takashi Uwano. Don't even know who that is. It's just a guy, apparently. Not a, uh, anyway, so the tournament match, the main event here is Koji Kanemoto defeating Black Tiger. Uh, that probably is Rocky Romero. Yes, it is. So there you go. Um, then 2011, five years later, they come back for G1 Climax Special Night 2, so not an actual G1 show. Uh, that was main evented by the team of Goto, Naito, and Tiger Mask defeating the team of Nakamura, Yujiro, and Gato. So just, just a house show here. That match was actually probably pretty good. Yeah, probably. 2006, yeah. No, 2011. Oh, 2011, gotcha. Yeah. That would have been pretty good. 
four years later, they come back in 2015 for a New Japan Cup show, uh, night two, actually, which um, it looks like this was... Well, what the fuck? There's no... Where's the New Japan Cup match? So they did a New Japan Cup tour show and didn't have a single New Japan Cup match on the card if this uh, cage match enters to be believed. That's kind of crazy. They stiffed the crowd on that one. They stiffed the crowd. Main event was uh, Carl Anderson, Doc Gallows, and Bad Luck Fale beating Okada, Nakamura, and Yoshihashi. What a main event, folks. Uh, It was just terrible. You know, when I think of how bad 2020 (laughs) New Japan is, I I don't hearken to those days in particular. Yeah, I don't think 2020 New Japan is bad, but anyway. Uh, Five years later, over five years later, is when they came back with the Best of the Super Juniors and World Tag League, uh, in, in this case, World Tag League. Night four. So there's your history, folks, of New Japan at the Saku City General Gymnasium in Saku, Nagano. Uh, this show, on the other hand, was not that great. <laughs> it really wasn't. I mean, look, this is it. It pains me to come on the air uh, again. I just disagree with Jeff on. I I enjoy 2020 New Japan, and I think these tournaments have both been pretty good so far. Uh, maybe the best of Super Junior has been uh, a little underwhelming you know, on the scale of Best of Super Juniors, but it's still been pretty good. But World Tag League, I think the first three nights of this were uh, pretty great on the scale of World Tag Leagues. Like, I thought, especially the Corican, uh, in which was, I believe, their night three, which was just a, a really good show with, like, two four-star matches. Uh, this show, on the other hand, was not good. I mean, there was basically one match here, uh, if I was going to do the old Joe Lanza spoil-free recommendations, that I would tell you to watch, which is the... The Empire against Finjuice, the semi-main event. Uh, that was worth watching. The rest of the card, pretty skippable. And a couple matches that... Well, one match in particular that I think was like actively bad. Uh, but we'll get into that. Uh, but yeah, not a, not a good show here. Easily the weakest show of the four World Tag League shows so far. Uh, and I would say probably weaker than all of the... Uh, than all of the Best of Super Junior so- shows so far, too. I, I kind of agree with your sentiment on the Battle of the Super Juniors. Uh, I, I'm usually a junior uh, guy. Like that's that's typically the division I uh, cling to mostly. It's my favorite division in New Japan, and I think historically it's its best division. Like it has the most consistency. I just think it's uh, it's really the flagship division to me, even if they don't push it as such. Um, and I think COVID definitely hurts because a lot of what I enjoy about uh, Battle of the Super Juniors is you get that kind of international flair. Best you know, of the you Super get... Juniors. I don't know why you keep calling it Battle. Oh, I best. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, I don't know why I did that. <laughs> you did. Tw- I was gonna let it slide for once. Yeah, you did it a second I... time. <sighs> yeah, I don't ask. But I read something anyway. Uh, yeah, you know, typically, I mean, if you look at it historically, it, it gets a lot of your international flavor. And yeah, I, I mean, I look, like obviously, that. this tournament would be a lot better if Dragon Lee was in it, if ACH yeah. was in it. Yeah, you if... get your Americans in it. Yeah. And your... In your luchadors, and even even I think when the luchadors or you know whoever they bring over from uh, you know America isn't great, even if they aren't great, it still has that kind of unique dynamic to it that I think is really appealing. Uh, I just like that kind of world clash, and I thought always thought that was cool. Uh, you know, even with like the Hiromu uh, now Ryu Lee feud, where the, you know it was one of the best luchadors in the world versus this you know uh, typical. Hero Junior style guy in Hiromu, and I just I love that clash. Uh, and it well, well, it works because Ryu Lee also is kind of a mark for Japanese wrestling and puts out a lot right. of that 
And Hiromu is kind of a mark for Lucha yeah. in a way. Yeah, so they both they both are crossover guys. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, yeah, but obviously it'd be better if those guys were in. They're not in. So what are you gonna do? Uh, right. You know, I th- I don't think the tournament's been bad. I think it's been no. pretty. I think it's been pretty good. But like through the first three nights, I was enjoying the World Tag League better, which I would not have guessed going in. But uh, yeah, this this night here definitely was a drag on the World Tag League. I hope it it's was a, not great. I hope it's a one night uh, thing. You know, being in a a very small building and a you know not a small city, but definitely not a shitty. We went over the cities that they. Uh, I think I said shitty. Uh, we went over the cities that they that they run pretty often, and you know, the, I mean, we went over like, oh god, what am I trying to say here? I, I went over the the last times I've run this city, and it clearly is not very often. So you know, uh, nobody has the Saku City general gymnasium circled on the calendar is i guess the point i'm trying to make yeah i don't think they were putting on any of the uh more interesting matchups like or you know, the guys wasn't... weren't trying that hard either which is what yeah well, yeah there was, one... there was a lot of lazy work on the show there was one guy in particular who tried way harder on this show than he has so far on this tour and i'll mention him when we get there and it's very funny to me but most yeah. of the other people on this show just were not trying very hard, I think. Yeah, uh, phoning it in, yeah. Definitely phoning it in. But, you know, they're gonna, you're going to have those kind of nights on a, a tour like this, I guess, and we'll hope it's a one-night kind of thing. Uh, the opener was the non-tournament tag, Satoshi Kojima and Tomoaki Hanma defeating Yuji Nagata and Yoda Suji, uh, Kojima pinning Suji at 8.53 at a Lariat. I don't have a ton to say about this, just like on the, uh, you know, if you've been listening along the Patreon, I haven't talked a lot about these uh, non-tournament tags, just they're kind of all the same. I mean, look, this was fine. You know, it's like a two and three quarter star match, probably. Um, you know, there was Nagata, Nagata taking it to home. was fun. Uh, Suji took a really great bump for that final Koji Malari, like spinning in midair. So it was a solid little opener, but obviously nothing you got to go crazy to watch or anything. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't think it was anything special, and you know, it's kind of sad for me seeing the da- the dads are starting to look a lot older all at once, all of them. Um, and it's kind of like I mean, they're still good, you know. Like I'll still take a, a Kojima singles match tomorrow, but I you can, I think we're gonna get new dads soon. Not all of them all at once, but I mean, you know what I mean. We're they're yeah. gonna start. We're gonna start seeing some of the you know your go to Tanahashi's. Well, go, well. I don't think Tanahashi's close to being a dad. Go to really? to, to, to dad status? No. Three years, I think. Uh, five, maybe, maybe, maybe three. I don't know. God, but three, yeah, three years so, is three years isn't that close to being a dad. But look, yeah. look, Tanahashi is probably three years away from being Togi Makabe, and Makabe's not a dad. Makabe's like the border between dad and not dad. So yeah, that maybe he'll probably ride that border for a while. You're right. Yeah. Uh, match number two, Sonata and Shingo Takagi defeating Chase Owens of Bad Luck Fale. Uh, Sonata pinned Chase in 945 at the O'Connor Bridge. Uh, that moves the LIJ team to 3-1 and one and drops Fale and Chase to 0-4. So Fale was the guy I was talking about. I It is so fucking funny to me. Like, this Chase and Fale team have been awful on the first three nights. The only bad thing on the first three nights, honestly. Like, um, you know, they, they didn't break two stars for me. Before this, like I was at, uh, let me see the, the ratings here. One and a half, one and a half, one and a quarter. I thought they'd been horrific. But this match was actually pretty good. I thought this was fun. I thought Fale, like, after sleepwalking at Cork and Friggin' Hall, he's like, oh, the Saku City General Gymnasium. Time to try. 
<laughs> which is very bizarre that he like gave his biggest effort here on this fucking show, you know, in this this obscure little building. Um, you know, the Sonata Shingo team has been good all throughout this tournament. I thought they they really complement each other really well. Um, you know, so there was a whole lot of Lij merch in this crowd when they came out. Uh, there was a lady with like a homemade fan that said uh, SND TKG. I guess because Sonata called him TKG on the uh, on at the end of the last show at the Corrigan Hall. But yeah, I mean, it was uh, you know your typical kind of chase and folly, jumping them to begin with. Um, you know, folly came after that and was I thought thought it was amusing that uh, he told the crowd to shut the fuck up while they were clapping for Sonata. And it's like technically they're not saying anything, sir. <laughs> they can't really they can't shut up more than they have they are right now. Uh, but yeah, they beat on Sonata for a while. Not very interesting offense. But then you know we got the comedy spot of Chase trying to put the Paradise Lock on Sonata, which I always enjoy. And he started asking for help from Milano on commentary, and Milano actually like stood up and started demonstrating one of the steps, which was kind of funny. Um, you know, we got the hot tag to Shingo. He hit like lariats on both guys. A shoulder block on Chase. He tried to get Folly up for the last of the dragon. He did get him up part of the way before Folly knocked him off. Uh, and then Shingo was able to, uh, you know, put... He hits he hits one pumping bomber. Folly kind of no-sells it. Folly goes for his own lariat, and then Shingo hits a second pumping bomber. And he, he finally does go down. And like I said, Folly may have done more in that 30-second sequence than he had in his entire tournament up to that point. Uh, and then, you know, Shingo and Chase had a fun little exchange with Chase trying to hang with Shingo. Uh, you know, Sonata ends up tagging in after that and gets, you know, double teamed by the heels. And Chase hits a nice uh, running knee attack, almost like a knee shining wizard for a two count. Uh, Chase goes for a package pile driver. Sonata gets out. Uh, Folly comes in to help Chase again, but Sonata sends them into each other. Uh, Folly ends up running Chase over by accident. Shingo hits a Larry on him all the way to the floor. Uh, Sonata goes for Skull End, but, you know, you'd think that's the finish because, uh, you know, we just have the big clothesline and everything sending out Fale. Or, and then, like, instead Chase, like, rolls him up out of nowhere and gets a super close 2.99 count, so that was pretty great. And then he tries another schoolboy for another close near fall, but then Sonata gets the O'Connor roll, and that gets the pen. Uh, yeah, this was the best Fale and Chase matches tournament so far by, like, a million miles. Uh, I went three and a quarter. I just thought this was a pretty good match. And again, like I said, they hadn't even broken two stars for me before this. So this ended up being one of the better matches on the entire show, unfortunately. Which, you know, that, that speaks to some of the rest of the show. But yeah, I mean, Shingo and, Shinata, and Sonata continue to be a fun team who complement each other pretty well. And Folly actually kind of tried. So good for him. And Chase was good too. So good little opener. Yeah, uh, I really like the Shingo Sonata team. Uh, actually, they're the bright spot of World Tag League f- for me. I think they work a lot better than Sonata and Evil did. Uh, just in terms of in-ring, I think Shingo can kind of carry the team. Uh, and I think he can be, he's a better workhorse than Evil. I just I don't think that's a hot take. Um, uh, and Sonata has a little... They have a unique kind of chemistry post-match too yeah I don't the, know qu- if- the quiet guy the loud guy yeah, yeah. it does yeah, work. So, so it's a, it's a, a neat, it's a neat combination i'm a little sad that you know odds are they're not winning i yeah. I, I don't th- you know I, I mean maybe i don't know who shingo's facing for the never title but i have a feeling it's probably not happening yeah. and uh you know but i hope this is a 
a fixture in the division for a while because I really like it. Uh, and I, I would love to see them get a little bit, you know, featured a little bit, but I doubt it. They'll probably just be a World Tag League thing. Yeah, probably. Any other, any other thoughts on the match? Uh, I, for whatever reason, I really liked the pumping bomber Fale spot. I, yeah, it, you know, it just, I thought it was funny and Fale worked really hard for whatever reason. I don't know why. Yeah. Like I said, he sleepwalks at Kirk and Hall, like has a, a horrific performance at Kirk and Hall. And then comes to Saku city is like time to turn on the engines. <laughs> yeah, really... I don't get it. <laughs> really Not funny. Pretend I get it. Uh, <laughs> Maybe maybe he just likes the city. I don't know. Yeah, they might have like a good food joint or something. <laughs> you know? He invited them to the show. Yeah. Figured he put on a good show. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, he's a really good sponsor in Saku City. Yeah. Uh, match number three, Hiroki Goto and Yoshihashi defeating Hiroshi Tanahashi and Toa Hanare. Uh, Goto pins Hanare after the GYW in 1239. So Goto and Yoshi are 2-2, two and, two, and Tana and Hanare are 0-4. Um, this was one of the more disappointing matches on the show. Uh, you know, this is something I was looking forward to, but it really didn't turn out to be much of anything. Um, you know, there was a, you know, there was a Goto and Yoshiashi worked over Hanari for a while. Not terribly exciting stuff. Uh, Tanahashi got the hot tag and ran wild. He, you know, did his usual crushing flip sent on, on Goto. Uh, Hanari got a chance to go, you know, kind of go on offense after that as well. He showed some pretty good offense. Um, but he gets cut off again by Goto and Yoshihashi. They put together a nice little combination with, uh, you know, Goto has him up for the uh, U- Uzigoroshi. Yoshi super kicks him up there. Goto hits the move, and then Yoshi hits his double knee attack as soon as Hanari lands. That was good stuff. Uh, but then when Tanahashi came back in to save Hanari, they did that double sling blade sweep kick combo again, which, again, people who listen on the page on will know, I kind of buried the move the first time I saw it, I think, at Korokin. And, you know, it may have looked even worse here with, like, just Hanare. The, the, the kick from Hanare, it, I don't know. Like, there's something about the timing of it. It's just so slow. It just doesn't really work. They, they should honestly stop doing it if they can't make it look better. Uh, Hanare had a big spear on Yoshihashi for a two count. That did look good. And then there's, there was this weirdly awkward sequence where, like, Hanari was trying to go up against both Goto and Yoshihashi by himself, but they seemed on different pages. Like, everything just looked weird and not very good. Uh, they, I did like how the Chaos team put Tanahashi down with a double-team Dragon Screw uh, that's similar to what Dangerous Techers always does to him in these tag matches, which is interesting. It's like, you know, they've found the combination to beat Tanahashi in tags, and now other teams are copying it. So that was that was kind of cool. Uh, and then they pinned Tanare after the double-team GYW after they just... Uh, had finished off, you know, it taken Tanahashi out of it. But yeah, I mean, the, the whole thing is basically, that's that's how this team is going, basically, where, you know, Tanahashi keeps getting taken out of these matches and then Hanari keeps getting pinned. So, you know, Tana's not strong enough to carry the team. It's basically the idea, I guess. Uh, but yeah, this was fine. Not really much more than that. Like I said, pretty disappointing. There were just some sequences, sequences that didn't play out as they probably had hoped. So I went gentleman's story on this. It was It was fine. Uh, yeah, that's about where I was at. I just kind of went three flat on it. Uh, there wasn't anything interesting about it. I keep waiting for Hanare to have his big kind of pop. You know what I mean? Like I'm waiting for him to have this 
performance where I think, oh, that's you know, that's a guy that's going to be a fixture in some division for a while. I, it just never comes. Really, uh, I thought I think he's been good in this tournament so far, but this <laughs> he he didn't look great on this show. But I thought like yeah. like that match where him and Tanahashi uh, fought the Dangerous Techers on night two that was awesome, and I thought a big part of that was Hanare. But he he was good. I know I had I was really hoping he would be like. You know, and I guess it's a high bar, but I was hoping he'd be like the next Ishii or somebody who could fill that role. And I just haven't seen that. Like I haven't seen that kind of well, fire. I mean, again, the, the comparison to like one of the most highly regarded workers of all time, right? I, I know. mean, it's but, well, I mean, just that never style guy in general. That I, I could guess could handle that middle. But I, because I really liked Nare as a young, you know, as a young lion, so I just I had that in my head. Uh, I, it does suck to see. Uh, you know, as as a noted Tanahashi stan, I am nothing if not a Tanahashi stan. Watching his descent down the card is uh, feels bad man territory. Not that it's not been happening for a while, but you know what I mean. Yeah, it, it is jarring. It is jarring. It is because I, I mean, just a year ago he was. You know, he, I I still thought he was a top guy, but it's. I mean, the, the, in hindsight, it was the 2019 G1. Like yeah. the moment he goes, because that was I, I I'm almost positive his worst G1 performance in like fucking 15 years or something. It was. And, you know, he just, once he, he was like out of it by the end, you know, yeah. well, well before the end, not, cause he went like four and five, I think, right? I think five and four, four and five, something yeah. like that. And so like, he just, once he was like out of it in the G1 pretty early, like he's, I mean, he's approaching Goto territory now. So, you know, I guess we'll see yeah. what happens with him going forward. But I mean, I, 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 his big match for Wrestle Kingdom might be putting over Ocon. So I guess we'll see. That's gonna hurt my heart, man. <laughs> That's gonna I, I hate it. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, and this is this is how Puro works, you know. I mean, especially for wrestlers who stay in the same promotion, you just there's a date and then it's kind of you just immediately descend down the card. Yeah. I mean it's crazy to be talking this way about somebody who had the world title effectively less than two years ago. Yeah. Uh yeah, even that, if it was just for a that's gonna end up being the last run of his career though, I think. It is. But, but yeah, yeah, like unless they do like the Fujinami uh, you know, one last run kind of thing, which I guess is possible. I, I think that was his Fujinami last run. Well, yeah, but it was, it was a month long. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. we'll, you, you, you could be right, though, because the run also includes, like, him winning the G1 and everything. So, yeah, yeah. it, it could have, that could have been it, yeah. That's kind of what you won in the G1, yeah. you beat, you know, the kit, you know, you beat Kenny, and... It could have been <sighs> it. Yeah. Uh, the next match, Evil and Yujiro Takahashi defeating... Tomohiro Ishii and Toriano, Evil pinning Yano in eleven sixteen with the Evil. Uh, so the Bullet Club team goes to three and one, and Ishii and Yano go to two and two. The first thing I'm going to say here is I think Evil and Yujiro in their first three matches were pretty good. Uh, I went three and a half stars on two of them. I went three and a quarter on another one. I thought they've been a good tag team. This match fucking sucked. Uh, this match was bad. I mean, I, I don't know what... I mean, look, the big problem here was that Toriano worked a lot of the match for his team. And God bless Toriano, but I mean, you know, you have him in there instead of Ishii. That's going to be a, a major uh, negative factor. And the two teams, you know, both just clearly took the time, took the match off. You know, a lot of this was like taking off turnbuckle pads and it's just a lot of junk. Uh, there was also a sequence with like Evil... Ishii and Dick Togo, that was pretty terrible. Where Togo went to trip Ishii. Ishii forgets to sell the trip, which is on him. Uh, Togo gets up on the apron and has to just, like, kind of find some other way to stop him. And he, like, punches him once. Then he goes to hold Ishii for evil. 
But evil takes so long to run over to, you know, accidentally collide with Togo, uh, that Togo actually looks back, like, where is evil? And what makes it even stupider that they collide. Uh, But yeah, I mean, the evil, the the Dick Togo really hadn't been that bad in this tournament until today, but this stuff, this stuff was bad. Uh, He comes in with the spoilers choker on Yano. Yano hits like a low blow kick to get out of it. And it's like, why didn't everybody else do that? It's like just a very like nobody else thought to just low blow this guy. Well, uh, you know, Naito is nothing if not honorable. So yeah, well, Naito did low blow him eventually. I think. Yeah, but, I know. But it took like four tries. Like Fortune. Yano thought of it immediately. Uh, He's just not as smart as Yano. He just didn't figure it out. I guess. Uh, we got a we did get a really close near fall with like Ishii larrying evil into a Yano schoolboy. That was fine. But then evil and Yudro end up giving them double low blows. I don't know where the fuck the ref was through all this. We really couldn't even see at that point. And Evil hits the STO on Yano for the pen. Uh, so like I said, they, they've been some... Evil Yujiro team, I thought, had been, like, shockingly good up to this point. But this match was clunky. It was awkward. It was uninteresting. Uh, you know, Ishii barely got anything to do. His only big spot, he fucked up. Uh, and Yano worked a lot of the match. And Evil and Yujiro didn't seem to care here at all, which... You know, they, they, they had actually worked pretty hard, especially Yujiro, on prior shows. But they took this night off for sure. Uh, I gave it two stars, which is probably a little generous. But uh, not a good match. Uh, quick question. Do you think the interference in some of the matches this year has just, in general, been pretty clunky? Some like, of them would are. You, would, you, would you agree? Do you think that might be part of why people are like... No. No? Okay. Everybody hates the interference because people don't want that in New Japan. People, That's people right. hate it. I mean, that's, that's not fair. what they want out of Japanese wrestling. That's fair. I I, I just noticed, like... So, to me, uh, Jay White's interference stuff is usually pretty... Well, White, White and Gato are the best people at it. Those for yes. Sure. And then, yeah. like, I noticed Dick, Clo- you know, Dick Togo and Evil, and it always looks pretty clunky, and it makes everyone look dumb, honestly. Like, And I think that's where it bothers me the most, like... If it was restricted to, you know, Jay White and Gato doing, you know, silly shenanigans, I'd be fine with it. But uh, I I don't think Dick Togo has been very good. I and I think Evil and Yudro have been surprisingly good on the tour. I thought that would be the worst team in the tournament, or at least one of them, and it hasn't been. Um, but yeah, this match was kind of an egg. And but I don't I don't know necessarily that they were to blame for it. To be honest, uh, yeah, Ishii and Yano were not did not give a shit either. Yeah, I mean, I mean Ishii was taking the night off. Ishii clearly was like yeah, he barely was in the ring honestly, and it's Yano is Yano. I mean, what are you gonna do? Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, Yano's great at comedy, but like when it comes to non-comedy stuff, uh, yeah. he's not going to, especially if he's not going to try very hard. I mean, he didn't even do his belly to belly. His belly to belly suplex is awesome, but he didn't even bother with that. Y- yeah. I mean, I... Because <laughs> <laughs> like, you did, they just had a fucking four-star match with, for me at least, with uh, Goto and Yoshihashi at the Korokan, and Yano worked plenty of that match, and he was good, so I guess I it's just an effort thing. It. Yeah, it's an effort thing. I mean, Yano yeah. did the belly to belly in that match. He did some other like little things, and obviously Ishii worked a lot of it too, which helped. But yeah, this match just was not good. I mean, I'm just, I'm just pining for the Yano shooter tour. Yeah, that's all cool. I'm pining for. I want Ishii and Yano, but I want Yano to have been hit in the head really hard, and he comes back as like a you know hit shooter Yano. You know? <laughs> he does all the amateur spots. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Nokiaism Yano. He comes back. He just starts double legging people and throwing them around. Uh, The semi-main event, the Empire team of Great Okan and Jeff Cobb defeat Finjuice. A little surprising, maybe. Uh, Jeff Cobb pins David Finley in 15-13, or 15-15, 
with the tour of the islands. So Empire is three and one. Finjuice are now two and two. This was the match of the night, you know, uh, by a pretty wide margin, I think. I mean, you know, I guess not a, three and a half stars. It's not like it was an awesome match or anything, but it was a good match. Um, you know, started out a little bit slow. They were targeting Cobb's arm. Probably not the worst idea. Uh, the Empire team turned things around by isolating Finley. Uh, Juice got the crowd really fired up, you know, or what passes for that, uh, for a clap crowd. The most they got into anything all night. So I think Joe Lanza made that point on the flagship that Juice really gets a lot of these clap crowds, and it definitely was true here. Uh, you know, Finley uh, does finally get the tag, and then Juice hits a series of punches. Uh, nice falling clothesline, and then a Manhattan drop on Ocon followed by a kind of awkward-looking spin kick. Uh, heads up top and gets a nice crossbody on Cobb for a two-count. Uh, Ocon and Cobb then cut Juice off and started, like, a second heat segment on him. And I liked Ocon, you know, just, like, pounding on Juice in the corner with shots to the gut. Like, he has good, like, physical charisma, which elevates, like, little spots like that. Uh, Juice was, I think, the first guy in history to dodge the sliding tree of row kick from uh, Okan, unless Okada did, and I forgot about that, but I don't think he did. Uh, that lets him tag in Finley. Uh, Finley hits this nice uh, jumping uppercut, uh, big drop kick on Cobb, and a plancha on Okan. So good stuff from Finley. Uh, he keeps running wild on both guys back in the ring, hits one of his spinning uppercuts off the second rope, which Okan takes like a, a shockingly nasty bump for. He just lands like right on his neck. I was like, geez, buddy. Almost like a Naito uh, level of, like, taking a nasty bump when you probably didn't have to. Uh, Finley goes for an exploder. Okan blocks it, gets one of his judo throws to take Finley down before he, ta- he tags out, which, again, I've, if people haven't heard on the Patreon, I, I've really liked that Okan, like, adding that element, uh, you know, to his wrestling style more and more, like, just throwing in his legitimate martial arts background. Uh, you know, I think that's going to help him go a long way, honestly. Uh, we get the delayed gut run suplexes from both Okan and Cobb. Always an impressive-looking spot. Uh, Finjuice came back with the double drop kick Russian leg sweep combo. They had a double flapjack on Okan. Now, there's unfortunately a bad spot here where Cobb lost track of what he was doing or something. He, like, tried to attack Juice before Juice was supposed to tag out to Finley. So Cobb ends up looking like kind of an idiot, just, like, lunging at Juice where he's not actually supposed to cut him off. So it looked pretty bad. I had to take points off for that. Like, it just looked like they had no idea what they were doing. Uh, the camera also missed Ocon hitting the claw slam on Juice. Not the fall of the wrestlers, but uh, not good by the camera team there. Khan tries to hit the same thing on Finley, but Finley counters into a stunner. That looked awesome. He then countered the tour of the islands as well into a big DDT. He went for the acid drop, but Cobb countered that in midair straight back into the tour, and that gets the pen. Uh, this was a good match, and this show really needed it. It's a really fun uh, power versus speed battle. The finishing sequence was a blast. You know, I wish they had showed the claw slam, but, you know, it was, uh, you know, I went three and a half. Maybe would have gone a quarter star higher if not for that, uh, you know, embarrassing moment with Cobb just before, the, just before the finishing stretch got going. But this was good. Uh, the Empire team continues to be a lot of fun as these, like, powerhouse heels who don't need to cheat to win, which kind of stands out among New Japan heels at this point. Uh, and them standing over the fallen fin juice on the outside after the match is a great visual. So, you know, they, they, they're just a, a team I'm really into right now. They're, they're one of the highlights. Of- In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. 
we hype ourselves up thinking, ah, maybe I can pull a Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card. But with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view of all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now, when I buy Slab Packs at Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. I was able to open an Arena Club Slab Pack, and, and I'll be honest, it was a lot better than what you normally do. Say you go to a card show, and there's a random innocuous brown bag of cards and yeah you can open it and look it's going to be junk you're you, you know what i mean like you know what you're probably going to get in those maybe you find that fun and sometimes i do sometimes i like just opening up cards and saying oh, hey look at some random cards or whatever but if you're really in this game to to find value and find particular cards it sucks to have to buy these mystery packs and it ends up being you know almost nothing you know nothing of value not with arena club you can display, again, of all available cards, hit rates, grading, so you know that when you're opening up the slab pack, you are going to get something valuable. You are getting something good. And Arena Club, in addition to having those great slab packs we just talked about, is also a marketplace for card collecting, buying, trading, selling, displaying, all that sort of stuff. But those Arena Club slab packs, man, they are revolutionizing the repack game with transparency. After your polls are revealed, they'll immediately be placed in your vault for safekeeping or trading and selling. And you can have them officially graded by Arena Club as well. So again, setting these things off, it's going to be officially graded by Arena Club. And the Arena Club grading process is accurate, fast, and transparent with full grade rationale provided and explanation of how your card was scored. So whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying... Arena Club is the card collecting platform that you have to check out. So right now, I've got a special offer here for Voices of Wrestling Network listeners. You can get 10% off of your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash V-O-W net. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W net. Now, that's a crazy offer. That's 10% off a $400 slab pack. $40 off right there. 10% off your first purchase. No matter what that purchase is, 10% off again that's arena club.com slash vow net arena club.com slash vow net for 10 percent off your first purchase on arena club and we thank them for sponsoring the voices of wrestling podcast network the future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly but then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about that's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. ...of the tournament so far. Yeah, you know, noted Enochiism enthusiast John from Omakase. Uh, <laughs> why? What did I say? Liking what? the judo throw. Well, the judo throw is awesome. I like. I, I don't hate Enochiism. I don't know why you're saying that. Like, I, like, I know. It's, like it's some kind of gotcha. I like. I like not, a lot of that Enochiism stuff. I know. I, I get it. But. I. I mean, actually, I did. Too, too, I prefer that style to a lot of things. Actually, um, I, it, we're not doing a discussion on Enochiism. I. I yeah. think it's fine. Uh, I'm not as into Okarn as. Uh, a lot of people are. I just. I. Ha- I don't like the gimmick. Uh, it's not for the. But, 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 but the, the new. The new look is good though. He got rid of the, the goofy. Because like Joe keeps saying, he he misses 
the fucking goofy pants. I don't get like I think now like he basically refined the gimmick down to where he's still doing the Mongolian chops. He still yells. It, it stands that's, out, but it's nowhere. That's the part I don't like. Okay, but I'm saying the gimmick as a whole is nowhere near as goofy now. Like without no. that, without that goofy outfit, he moved the question mark down off his fucking eyes so it looks like he can see when he comes out. Which I don't know why that's such a big improvement to me, but it looks way better now. Um, yeah, but yeah, I just think his look now. He looks like a regular. I mean, look. You could say he doesn't stand out as much, but I think he's still his like physical charisma and his like that helps him stand out still. I don't think he needed the the extremely goofy outfit, but you know he clearly has the tools. I just don't know what happened, and this has been like the last few young lion or last couple, I guess. Uh, I don't know what happened to just debuting somebody and allowing them to kind of find themselves. But well, yeah, they don't do uh, that anymore. Clearly, but, yeah, I, I I don't know why this has become the '80s WWF <laughs> factory of wrestlers, but uh, it's not my gig. Well, the last the last guy who came back as himself, I guess, was Hiromu, right? I yeah. mean, even even Show and Yo, I mean, they didn't really have that big of a gimmick, but they still like shortened. I, the I think they were acceptable. Yeah, they shortened the names, and yeah, I guess they count. So they would be the even last Jay one. White. I mean, he had a gimmick, but it was that's true. It was clearly easier to work through <laughs> than. But I think, right, uh, but I think they are like they are getting Great Okan more and more like com- like he feels more comfortable. And he feels like he fits in more as a New Japan wrestler to me by the day. Like, right. I think the gimmick was too goofy when he first came back. And now that they've toned it down quite a bit already, I think it really fits in well. But Right. Well, I think Okarn, like, I don't hate Okarn as a worker. I don't like the moveset. I think it's a bit silly. But uh, I think he's clearly, he's clearly very talented. Like, I think you can modify a couple things and he'll be really good yeah i think they will so, i think so be... i think that's what's frustrating and that's and that's also what's frustrating for me for with like kawato like maybe he doesn't have the ceiling of the other juniors but there's very clearly a niche he can fulfill yeah. and i just think he's i just think he's has the baggage of his gimmick and i i think if the gimmick doesn't amplify you as a before as a guy in ring then it it's not necessary well Wano's different i mean what like if yeah. he comes i don't know like if, if he came back as just like goofy faced harai kawada would that really get over i don't know i don't know yeah it's yeah. a it's a it's an open question i guess but i'm not like like i i'm not really that worried about the mat like the master water thing doesn't bother me that much because i never thought his ceiling was very high anyway so. no he was just the guy who gets a win over the heel on the last night of super juniors after losing every other match well that's well they're pushing a lot harder than that so far <laughs> yeah, which I don't think fits him. Yeah, I don't know. I guess we'll find out. But yeah, what do you think of this yeah. match? Uh, the match itself, it I, I liked it. Like it was my favorite match of the night. Um, I think Cobb is—he's starting to fit in a little bit better in New Japan. I think. I think that started with G One. Uh, I didn't like his first G One run at all. I agree. Yeah. Uh, but I thought he looked a lot better in this one. And I thought he looked mm. pretty decent here, other than the uh, fuck up with Juice. Yeah. Um, I think Juice uh, has really he's he's weird to me. There are times I watch Juice and I think they should just put the rocket on him, and there are times where like the the he clearly has charisma because the crowds get very behind him, and he's able to manipulate them to do things, and it's impressive. But I'm never enthralled with his actual work. I agree. You know know whose work is really good now? Finley. Finley is great. Finley is like I he, love Finley. Finley, I, he I don't know when that happened, but like all of his like like his stunners and DDTs and stuff and like the he looks so crisp. Yeah, he looks really good. His his work has gotten. I mean, he was never a bad wrestler to me. Like I I liked his young line stuff, but yeah. Yeah, the last like year or so, he's gotten his his moveset has gotten so much better. 
it's better and his strikes look better. Like yeah. everything he does just looks sharper and I love it. Yeah, his uh, look is it's better. It's that too. little stuff I like. He's, yeah, his yeah. looks a lot better. Yeah. So I mentioned that last time I was on actually. Yeah, so I mean Finley Finley's a guy to me who has honestly I think he has more room to to grow at this point than maybe even Juice does. Yeah, I think I would I think I would uh start plus he has already has a built in feud with Jay White who's gonna be at the top of your card for a while. So like, you know yeah. to me. He's the natural guy I would build up. Yeah. I think Juice is eventually going to fall behind him. I think Juice is kind of peaked. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. But, yeah, the match was good, it, but but it wasn't anything I can like comment on. It's just it's there, much uh, like most of World Tag League. <laughs> uh, the, or, or most of the night, excuse me. Most of the night, yeah. The main event: Girls of Destiny defeating Dangerous Tackers. Tamatanga pins Zack Saber Jr. in eighteen fifty one. With the iron fingers from hell, uh, that moves God up to three and one and drops the techers down to two and two. Uh, yeah, this was really disappointing. I mean, this was a match I was curious about more than anything, and especially with how great the techers have been throughout this entire tour. But um, you know, this was just a just a match, basically. I mean, you know, there was I, I, it was kind of funny that like unlike everybody else in New Japan, apparently the gorillas have no respect for Taiji singing. Because they jumped him as soon as he entered the ring, I did laugh. Because it's like no, nobody out, no matter who Taichi faces, nobody ever interrupts his singing. And it's like you'd think somebody would be like, "Well, fuck this guy," and just jump him. And gorillas were finally the people who did it. Uh, and Zach was not even through the curtain when they jumped Taichi because he always comes out pretty, you know, pretty far after Taichi does. So he had to like run down there after he came through the curtain. And the way he yelled, like, you cheeky bastards, as soon as he got in the ring, that was pretty funny. Uh, you know, he got double teamed as well. Uh, they brawled all over the ringside area. Taichi and Zack finally got the edge by locking in the stretch plum and a front guillotine. And they tried to rub back so we can take the count out, but both G.O.D. members were able to just barely get, ba- uh, barely get back. But yeah, I mean, G.O.D. cut off Zack for a while. Zack made the hot tag to Taichi. Uh, I, I did find it very funny that he did the first ever choking comeback. Like, he cleaned house with chokes. <laughs> that was very amusing to me. I uh, even choked Giotto down, too, when he tried to get up on the apron. Uh, and then the G.O.D. GOD team finally decided to just choke him back, uh, which is fair. But Taiji ends up taking them both out with an Enzigiri and an Axe Bomber. Uh, Tonga Loa hit a pretty nice German suplex on Taiji. Taiji no-sold it. Uh, Tonga then took him down with, again with a big lariat after that. And I've mentioned this before again on the Patreon, which I'm sorry if you're getting annoyed with hearing that, but that's where I've been talking about the World Tag League. Tonga Loa is probably better than his partner at this point. Uh, like, I think his moves, just his moves look a lot better than they used to. And I think he he might have surpassed Tama Tonga, honestly. And that's kind of crazy from, you know, when they first start, when he first came to New Japan, where, you know, Ta- Tonga was clearly needed to be protected you know, and, you know, uh, his bro- his brother was still better. Uh, oh, you're going to add something? Well, you know, it's like the story of Samson where like, Tonga got rid of his hair. Tom, I got rid of his hair, and it's it's all downhill from there. He got rid of the beard. I don't I don't like the look without the beard at all. I don't like the look either without the beard. Looks, he looks it, like he looks like a, a guy, basically. <laughs> yeah, he looks so much. I don't know who told him that was a good idea, but uh, he needs to never listen to them again. Yeah. And if it was himself, he needs to quit listening to himself. But, but Tonga, I, this is more about Tonga Lowe, though. I think Tonga Lowe has gotten better. So. He has. He's definitely improved, but I, yeah. I, I think Tom uh, looks a little... That's fair. 
Off. Yeah, a little, yeah. yeah. Uh, so Zach and Tama got tagged in. We got a cool sweep kick from Zach. He, like, raised his arms in the air while sitting down. Like, he was enjoying getting to play babyface. But then the ending happened. Uh, so we got a visual tap out as Tama taps out to a Zach leg hold. Jado has the ref. Zach goes after Jado. Red Shoes gets bumped thanks to Tama. Taichi tries to take advantage. He chokes Tama with the microphone stand. Jado chokes him from behind with the kendo stick. They get into a kendo stick versus mic stand duel. Taichi low blows Jado, sends him out. Tonga uses the mic stand on Taichi from behind. Zach uses the kendo stick on Tama from behind. But then Tama uses the iron fingers on Zach from behind. And that gets the pen. Uh, yeah, this just wasn't all that great. I mean, there was some stuff here I liked. You know, the count out tease was cool. Uh, Taichi's choking comeback, like I mentioned, ruled. There was some good action in the middle of the match. But I hated the finish. And it's like, this is exactly the kind of finish that gives a ton of ammo to the people who are just fucking furious about the run-ins and interference. And, like, I get what they were going for. There's, like, with the escalating weapons atta- weapon attacks. But, like, it-, it just ruined the match for me when it had just gotten pretty enjoyable. Um, and there's, like, there is an irony here to the Techers, you know, winning more and more of their matches cleanly. And Taichi even mentioned backstage at one point that he's not even sure if he needs the Iron Fingers anymore. I can't remember the last time he even used them. It might have been, like, against Ibushi or Tanahashi in the New Japan Cup, I think. Maybe? No, he used them at the uh, at the Jingu show. He did use them at Jingu. I don't even remember that. Well, there you go. Don't ask how I remember that. Yeah, but but it wasn't the finish, I don't think. No, it wasn't. Yeah, Absolutely. okay, so there you go. Because um, I remember the finish. I remember them just hitting that move out of nowhere and the Zach Mephisto. Uh, but yeah, he, like... Because he continues to bring them out with him, you know, his past ends up biting him here. And, you know, they, they use it on uh, Zach instead. You know, I like that part of it, but they should have just had Tama use the fucking fingers instead of doing all the other bullshit leading up to it, too. Uh, so this is three stars for me, which pains me to say, because the Techers have been awesome in this tournament. I mean, they, you know, I've got the rest of their tournament. I have two four-star matches for them already. But, like, this, this just this match was not that great. It was it was a fine match at best. A gentleman's three again. But, uh, you know, just just too much bullshit at the end. Uh, too much, you know, some bullshit at the start. You know, when they actually did wrestle each other, I thought that some of the action was pretty damn good. But just not enough of it, you know, to go higher than three stars. So, uh, yeah, I'm pretty much there. Yeah, I didn't like the finish at all. Uh, it's probably not a shock. Um, I, yeah, I, I'm usually a G.O.D. guy. I usually actually pretty much like the G.O.D. Uh, just... I guess I'm kind of a fan of those kinds of tag teams, but they haven't been good for a while, I think. Um, and I really like Techers, but this day, uh, they putting anyone in a 20 minute match with God is asking a lot, I think, anymore. Um, yeah, I was a little disappointed. In it. I was actually looking forward to that when the tournament started. So, yeah, just not not a not a great match at all. Uh, overall, this was easily the worst night in the World Tag League so far. Uh, very disappointing after a strong first three nights. But, you know, if, if you haven't been watching up to this point, I would say skip this show, go back and watch that Corrigan instead. Because that show, that Cor- World Tagly Corrigan was great. This show was not good at all. So hopefully it's a blip and they get things back on track quickly. But. If I can jump in for a minute. Do you, uh, do you think there's any chance that they're kind of positioning Suzuki Goon as like LAJ, LIJ I, style well, babyface? I, I think I said that theory on... And the voice wrestling Slack before, yes, I do think. Oh yeah, I do think okay. Suzuki Goon are eventually. I, I think we're already slowly seeing this because the Empire clearly going to be heels, right? Mm-hmm. So Bullet Club are heels. Bullet Club are super heels. They're still going to be the biggest heels. So and now 
you can basically look at Chaos and Hantai as the same thing now. And then LIJ have clearly moved towards the face side. I mean, LIJ used to be the true neutral of New Japan. They would be right. heels when they fought, fought Chaos and Hantai, and they would be face when they fought Bullet Club or Suzuki Goon. LIJ now has moved to the Chaos uh, spot, where they are just baby faces. I mean, I, I don't even think that's controversial at this point. They are they, they're clear baby faces now. Um, so that means we need a new true neutral, and I do think it's going to be Suzuki again. I think they're going to be heels when they face uh, Hantai, Chaos, and LIJ, but they'll be faces when they face Bullet Club and Empire, and they will start doing more, because they totally avoided Suzuki Goon versus Bullet Club feuds in the past, uh, and I think you'll see Suzuki Goon versus Bullet Club and Suzuki Goon versus Empire. So that is that I do think will happen. I think they are going to be the new, like, LIJ true neutral unit. And before LIJ, it was Chaos that was, like, the true neutral. But, you know, before they moved into Babyface. So it is kind of how they do things here. But, yeah, I mean, if you look at they they win their matches more and more cleanly. You know, the Desperado and, like, uh, Kanemaru still cheat. And Taichi and Zack still cheat a little bit. But not it, they, they pin people cleanly a lot. And, yeah. you know, Minoru Suzuki at this point really doesn't cheat much at all. So no, he doesn't. But yeah, I think Suzuki Gear might be the new, the new Lij style true neutral unit. And if you notice, a lot of Suzuki spots are now specifically there for crowd interaction. Yeah, you know, he does the wind up elbow, and it's like the crowd just all goes quiet. He's he's too charismatic, I think, at this point to be uh, a true heel anymore. Yeah, the crowd loves him. Same thing with Taichi. Everyone loves Taichi now. Everybody loves Taichi. Everybody loves. Even like Desperado, people really like, and yeah, there's yeah. too many. There's too many guys in that unit. I mean, I wonder if there are some people who would break off. Like, I don't know, maybe maybe Kanemaru would go to Empire or something. But uh, it just yeah, the team seem the unit just seems too. I don't know. They seem too babyface now to be heels. But I guess yeah. we'll see. Uh, the World Tag League standings after night four, uh, we have Evil and Yujiro, Great Okan and Jeff Cobb. Gorillas of Destiny and Sonata and Shingo all tie for first with three and a uh, three and one record for six points. Uh, right below them, you have the Dangerous Techers, Finn Juice, Goto and Yoshihashi, and Ishii and Yano all two and two. And then your two winless teams, Tanahashi and Inare, and Fale and Chase Owens. So we'll see if they get a, a win here at some point in this tournament. The next World Tag League show is Night Five. Uh, that will be Tuesday. Uh, November twenty fourth from the Big Palette Fukushima. Uh, that is at a that this is again will be covered on the Omikase Patreon. So if you're not a subscriber, patreon.com slash wrestling omikase. Uh, the opener is again Kojima and Homa against Nagata and Suji. Your first tournament match, Finn Juice against Fale and Chase Owens. Um th- I think Finn Juice is gonna win that. I don't think they're gonna have Fale and Chase get their first win off of Finn Juice, but who knows? I don't uh, think they're going to get the one where the one where I think Tana we, we might see a first win finally. Uh, Tanahashi and Hanari against Evil and Yujiro. Uh, I think Tanahashi and Hanari could play spoiler here. I think it would be like a good little feel good moment. So we'll see. And Evil and Yujiro are still already three and one, so they're going to lose a couple matches because I don't think they're going to win this thing. Uh, Ishii and Yano against Gorillas of Destiny. I expect Gorillas will win that. Uh, Dangerous Techers against Okan and Cobb. That's a match I'm very excited for. Um, it could go either way. I think the Techers will win, but we'll see. And then the I think it'll be like another cradle pinfall. Like maybe Taichi will pin uh, O'Connor Cobb with the Taichi style Gato clutch or something. And in the main event, Goto and Yoshihashi against Shingo and Sonata. Uh, that could go either way too. I think Goto and Yoshihashi could win, especially if Shingo and Sonata are not going to win the tournament. 
but we'll see. Or not even make the finals, maybe. Uh, but yeah, that's your next World Tag League show. Um, before that, we have a, a Best of Super Junior Night 4 on Monday at the G. Messi Gunma, which is Master Wado versus El Desperado as the main event, which even Desperado was saying in an interview that like the company is testing him by giving him Wado in a main event. So uh, that'll be quite interesting to see what they can do there. Uh, but yeah, that'll be on, that'll be tomorrow on Monday or it could be today by the time a lot of you are listening to this, but there you go. Uh, there's your new Japan coverage. Let's move over to DDT for the opening night of the DDT DO Grand Prix from Corican Hall, which was held on, uh, also held Sunday, November 22nd. Um, so this is a tournament with two blocks of seven. If you didn't hear my preview back on the Patreon, uh, you know, we went through the entire format, but basically, you know, you have two blocks of seven, you have three, three matches per show. So one, one person gets the night off on, uh, you know, on every show. In this case, the, or one person each block, I should say. So in this case, the person who got off in the A block was Soma Takao, or sorry, was Yukio Sakaguchi in the A block, and then Soma Takao got the night off in the B block. So that's how that worked. Uh, they were both in the opening match. Uh, uh, there was an undermatch. I didn't say it. I don't know if you did. Uh, it was Mizuki Watase and Hideki Okutani beating Yukio Naya and Keigo Nakamura when Watase pinned Nakamura with a Hurricanrana cutback in 5:54. Did you see that? Yeah, uh, wasn't my gig, but okay, yeah, I saw it. Okay, I didn't. I didn't see it because I, when I watched the show live last night, and it was when I watched the live feed, it went right to the tag match. So, or the four-way tag. Uh, the opener was the only non-tournament match on the main card. Uh, it was Yukio Sakaguchi and Saki Akai defeating Soma Takao and Mad Polly, Toru Washi and Kazuki Hirata, and Dan Shokudino and Antonio Honda. Uh, Sakaguchi submitted Honda with the anal sleeper hold in 723. Uh, Hirata had a new homemade belt representing who was the best in the uh, DDT Rarity Squad. I thought it was kind of funny. Uh, what was not funny was the farting sound effects over the speakers when Honda kept giving his own partner, you know, the gone the fox to the ass. Uh, the same thing happened when he had to chop the ass. Uh, I don't know. It's just this. The, the, all the ass comedy didn't do a lot for me here. I didn't write it because it was pretty much all ass comedy. I think people know if they're if that's for them or not. Didn't do much for me. Yeah, uh, not what I watched DDT for when I dropped in. Uh... I, I think if a gun was to my head and I was watching it and I wasn't coming on the show, I would have skipped that probably in the first two minutes. But uh, mm. and it was what it was. Uh, um, yeah, no, some DDT comedy lands for me, but that wasn't it. Yeah, the, the same. I mean, I, I like a lot of their comedy, but that just wasn't that funny. So, yeah. uh, match number two was our first Do Grand Prix. So they split this up with like all the A block matches in a row and then all the B block matches in a row, which is interesting. Not normally how companies do it with these, uh, uh, you know, round-robin leagues. That was cool to see. Uh, so we had the first A-block match. Akito defeated Mao with the Octopus Dream in 708. Um, this, I thought, was a weird match. Like, Mao did, like, some slow-motion counters, was, like, literally hiding behind the referee, was a lot wackier than I was expecting. It wasn't a comedy match, per se, but, like... Maybe you'd call it like a chuckle match or something. I don't know. Like the fans seem to be chuckling a lot for sure. And I think that was the general idea. Uh, they traded cradles and that led to Akito getting the pin. There really wasn't much to this at all. Like I don't think it was horrible or anything, but they just didn't do much of anything. I went like two and a quarter. So like under, under uh, you know, below average match. 
pretty disappointing given I usually love both these guys. But like I said, they just didn't do anything here. Yeah, so I so uh, somebody who doesn't watch DDT a lot, which I guess is the position I take when I'm hopping on here. You were on the last uh, show we talked about DDT, I want to say for the record. Oh, See? well, <laughs> I guess I'm becoming a regular. There we go. <laughs> um, so I liked Akito, though I, I think part of that was the Naruto opening as his entrance music. Yeah. Uh, and But, you know, he was I, I liked him a lot better than Mal. Uh, I just did. But the match itself wasn't anything to write home about. Uh, I was pretty. I was pretty excited in the beginning. They started doing the technical wrestling stuff, and then it devolved into not looking great. And I just wasn't that into it. So I probably went about two and a quarter as well. Yeah, just didn't. I don't know. Didn't do a ton for me. Uh, yeah. Match number three: uh, Hiroshima defeating Chris Brooks with the Somato in eleven thirteen. This was great. Uh, Brooks came out super hot. He attacked Hiroshima right away beat him all over ringside. There was this like great like near submission with Brooks getting this truly nasty armbar on Hiroshima before he's like just barely able to make to make it to the ropes. Uh you know, and Hiroshima like basically just has to just, like survive this uh this Brooks offensive assault and just barely comes out on top of the Samato at the end. You know, like he had to to live like get through a uh you know, like a like basically they did this like he did like, like a counter cutter uh, when Hiroshima tried like a big dive, and then you know, but then when 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 Brooks went for the praying mantis bomb, uh, Hiroshima was able to cut it counter it into the uh, short range Samato. But yeah, I mean, look, this was a this was a lot of fun. Uh, I went three and three quarters. You know, just really really good, like a little on the short side, but they showed really good intensity, and I bought a lot of the near falls and near submissions. So you know, a huge improvement on the first tournament match, that's for sure. Yeah, uh, I really like this match. In fact, I think I messaged you as I saw it. Uh, I think Chris Brooks has found a permanent home in DDT. Yeah, or he, at least I hope I, so. I, I, he should never go back to Britain. That's for fucking yep. sure. <laughs> well, <laughs> there's not a Britain to go back to. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's uh, he's fit great ddt i think i'm really happy he went here instead of new japan or some other promotion uh hiroshima looked awesome uh they worked surprisingly stiff i did not expect them to work as snug as they did but i i really enjoyed it uh the finishing sequence was pretty high i went four on it i i really liked it yeah i liked it a lot more than i expected to going in yeah it was really it was really quite good uh the next match which i think you and i are going to disagree on uh is kanosuke takashita Losing to Daisuke Sasaki with the crossover face lock in 1345. Um, this was, I thought, a lot of fun. You know, we had like a super close near fall early on, with Sasaki like nearly getting the pin off of Rana. You know, real 2.999 shit. Uh, we got another great Rana near fall with Sasaki like low blowing Takashita after pulling uh, referee Matsui out of position. But again, Takashita was just barely able to kick out. Uh, you know, like Sasaki, you know, was really getting like thrown all over the place with the, uh, you know, the the type of offense you'd expect from Takashita. You know, a lot of German suplexes, a lot of uh, you know, power moves, and you saw like the lariats from Takashita and stuff. But you know, it was a, it, it was a very, um, I don't know, it was a very very cool match. I thought the the win for Sasaki was kind of surprising at first, but now they're doing a. Uh, I guess they're doing like a, a broken Takashita gimmick where he's um, 
God, what's the word I'm looking for? Like he's he's lost his confidence and he's losing a lot of big matches. I mean, he lost to Akiyama, uh, you know, back at uh, Ultimate Party in an awesome match. If people hadn't seen that one, and he lost here to Sasaki too. Apparently, Sasaki backstage, uh, and I got I got to give credit here to Dramatic DDT, which uh, you know for the for this write up here, he has a, a lot of backstage notes here. And apparently, backstage, Sasaki like basically told Takashita, if you have any doubts, just come to Damnation. Uh, and when Takashita received that message, he said that's one way he could change himself, and then just walked off. That was that's a great little tease. I can't even imagine like Takashita alongside Endo in Damnation would be crazy. I don't think it's going to happen, or if it does, it'll only be a very short term thing, uh, you know, to build to something else. But yeah, that's a really interesting tease there. Uh, and again, I want to plug uh, dramaticddt.wordpress.com because uh, you know I'm taking I took that directly from them. But yeah, a great. Great, uh, great match here. You know, I like the storyline a lot, and it'll be very interesting to see, you know, where this goes from here. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I, I mean, the match was fine. Like, I, I didn't hate it. I just didn't. Uh, I guess I had really high expectations going in because I heard a lot about Takashita, and I just didn't think it was uh, anything to write home about, particularly in comparison to my favorite matches of the night. Uh, and <laughs> I actually like. Uh, I actually like Daisuke Sasaki. Uh, some of his stuff isn't quite, you know, up to what I like, but for the most part, he seems pretty interesting. And I, I liked the uh, stop sign gimmick on the first show I watched, where he bashed somebody in the head with it. So uh, that, you know, that stuck with me, and I'm, I'm into it. Uh, the match itself, I don't know. I just couldn't get into it. I don't know why. Uh, I, got, I really enjoyed the next few matches, so it was odd to me, but. As far as this one, I just I couldn't get into it. Uh, Though I didn't know they were doing the broken gimmick with Takashita, and I think if I would have had that context, it might have helped. Yeah. Um, I mean, I honestly so, forgot too until he lost the match. So, you know, I can't really. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. Is that the new playbook for like aces or top I, guys who I, lose now? I they're guess. all yeah. they've all got depression or something. I guess like, so. Yeah. Okay. Match. I don't know how I feel about that. A <laughs> lot of depression going around, man. It's 2020. I guess. Uh, but yeah, the the B block uh, starts out here. Match number five, uh, Makoto Oishi defeats Shuma Katsumata with the Fujiyama knee lock in seven thirty nine. Uh, this was a fun back and forth match. It had a they, they got like five million near falls in here in the seven and a half minutes. I mean, they really like they're like we are gonna fucking fill the seven and a half minutes with every goddamn near fall we can. Uh, it was really cool too that Oishi. Uh, or not Oishi, Katsumata came out to the ring wearing the NWA shirt, you know, which you, that that went over your head, I'm sure. But uh, it was the idol group they were both, they, the two of them were in, along with Mao. So, yeah, I absolutely didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, but it was, uh, this is a lot of fun. Uh, you know, I went three and three and a half on it. A good match here, especially for the, the time they were allotted. I thought they really made the most of it. Yeah, I liked it. I went three and a half on it, so uh, it was a lot better than I expected going into the match, because I didn't really know either of them. Uh, I think the right guy won. I, I really liked Oishi when I saw him, so... I think I said I didn't like Oishi last time, but I, I must have misspoke, because that wasn't the person I was referring to. Um, but I, I vaguely remember saying that. But he, I, I think he looked great here, so I, I liked him more. I think he was my third favorite guy on the show, so... Uh, match was good. And, yeah. yeah. The semi-main event, 
Uh, Yuki Ueno defeating Katsusada Higuchi with the WR in 11.49. Result, again, kind of surprised me a little bit. Maybe it shouldn't have since Ueno uh, is a singles champion now with the Universal title. But uh, this was this was fucking awesome. I mean, you know, a one of the... To say, not, not, not like one of the best matches ever or anything like that, but just like two young guys going out there and like just making the most of the time they had here and really, really impressive stuff. Uh, you know, Higuchi like caught Ueno on an early dive, like slammed him hard in the guardrail, but Ueno gets his revenge a little bit later. He does like a slingshot Rana to Higuchi on the floor. So he's in the ring. He like slingshots himself up and over, catches Higuchi with his leg, which, you know, in reality, Higuchi has to catch him, and he did it perfectly, and then sends him into the guard, same guardrail. That Rana was so awesome. That spot was fucking amazing. Yeah. Uh, that was one of my favorite spots of the night. They, there's a pretty unique spot, too, where Ueno, like, charged Higuchi with a back elbow, but then Ueno went down, basically just bounced off him when Higuchi leaned into a headbutt to, like, counter the elbow. Uh, and then Higuchi hits, like, a great lariat in the corner. They go back and forth, trading some really high-impact moves. Higuchi was doing, like, a really good job, like, selling that he might be out already, like, even while he was kicking out, you know, manage, managing to survive. And Ueno finally gets the clean pin at the end of a big flurry of moves. A lot of really cool stuff. Uh, you know, the he had a great moonsault right before that, too. Um, you know, great blizzard suplex. I mean, just some some really cool stuff here from Ueno. Ueno's one of these guys that, like, you know, if people watch DDT more, he would be talked up as, like, a really big up-and-coming young wrestler because he looks awesome every time he's out there. And, you know, this was match of the night up to this point. I, I think match of the night overall. Uh, I think I liked a little better in the main event. I went four stars on this. Awesome match. Awesome match. Yeah. So when I watched this, I didn't know who Yuano was. I, I've never seen him before. Uh, and I really liked what I saw. I thought he was great in this match. And I, last time I watched DDT, I really liked Higuchi. So uh, I thought this match was excellent. I also went four stars on it. Uh, I thought the fin- the finishing sequence was top-notch and... Uh, to be honest, it was kind of it was a lot of what I kind of am missing from New Japan these days. I I really enjoyed it. Yeah, and it was like definitely definitely you know, if you're missing a clean finish like two back and forth type of match, you know this is definitely it. I mean, it was a really awesome match. And Higuchi, so it's interesting because I think Higuchi is also another guy who's just in the right spot. I think if he worked this style in New Japan, he wouldn't hold up quite as well. And he wouldn't stand out as much. Yeah. But in DDT, where he's so much bigger than everyone, and they he has so many smaller guys to bounce off of him, it's just it's he's really good here. I think this is a great fit for him, and I'm very happy to. Uh, I'm very happy I've kind of tuned into him now. So even if I don't watch uh, DDT a lot, when I do, I immediately search him out on the card. I'm like, okay, that's you know, those he's one of the guys I really look forward to watching. Uh, the main event: Tetsuya Endo defeats Junakyama with the Shooting Star Press. In exactly 14 minutes. Uh, this started out a little slow and tentative. Um, which why I thought they were going a lot longer than 14 minutes, honestly. But it picked up with a big space-flying tiger drop from Endo to the floor. Uh, and then Akiyama's offense looked so good here. Like, he ran Endo over the lariat. Like, takes him down with these multiple knee attacks. Locks his guillotine. Like, if... If he was going to win there, it would have been fine. Because, like, he looked like a fucking world be- world beater here. And he's obviously, you know, uh, 50-something, I think, right? Or for- is he still in his late 40s? He's at least in his late 40s. He's 50, 51. 51. Yeah, I figured. Yeah, and, like, he he's still so good. Uh, we get the first exploder from Akiyama. Endo kicks out. 
Uh, Akiyama looks for the wrist clutch exploder, but Endo like does this great roll through into a really cool cradle for a close near fall. Uh, and then Endo comes back with this big flurry. He hits his torture rack bomb for a two count. Uh, he hits the shooting star press and gets the pin. I couldn't believe that was the pin, honestly. Like when he went up for the shooting star press, I'm like, okay, Akiyama's going to get his knees up. Uh, but he didn't. He just got, took the move and he got bent. But yeah, this was awesome. Uh, you know, a little, maybe a little under my expectations, like I said, because I thought at the start when they were, they were like doing a lot of like feeling each other out stuff, I thought they were going to go pretty long, you know, maybe like at least 20 minutes. And, you know, like I said, it obviously finished up after only 14. But all the high octane stuff towards the end was so awesome. Akiyama looked great as like this big wall and big bully before Endo just like found a way to beat him at the end. So I went four stars on this as well. Uh, like I said, I think a little behind Ueno Higuchi for match of the night, but still a damn good main event. Uh, so we only disagree on the thing that I actually, this was my match of the night, and I went four and a quarter. I really <laughs> liked it. Um, now, granted, I'm a big Akiyama fan. I, I well, love I'm, Akiyama. I, he's one of my favorites of all time, buddy. Yeah, well, okay. <laughs> we but, had you, you say know. that like it's a difference. Well, I, I'm, but I, I have, still love I have the e-wrestling profiles from 2004 to prove it, okay? <laughs> when I ripped off his entire moveset and had nothing but exploder suplexes. So you don't got to tell me about being a big Akiyama fan. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I thought he looked great here. Uh, the slow beginning didn't really bother me. It did make me think they were going longer, but uh, Akiyama taking apron bumps in 2020 is, you know, certainly... I mean, he's insane. It, I, mean, yeah. I still remember when he first came to DDT. Uh, you know, people, you know, Joe, Joe Lanza said it. Now I'm just the only one. I think other people said it too. Like, well, he's coming to DDT to take it easy. You know, he's not going to, he's not coming here to feud with Takashita or something. His first feud was with Takashita. And he's working top level guys in top level matches. And he's still fucking awesome. 51 years old. He's still fucking great. You know, it's interesting. I haven't heard that victory lap on the flagship. Anyway, um... <laughs> well, that's well. Joe admits that's his whole. That's his whole. Uh, you know what's it called? That's his whole formula for success. Stick. Is he? You give the victory lap when you're right, and you never mention it again when you're wrong. So yeah, you right. Know. Well, that one's gonna stay in the holster that... for a while then, because uh, he he's come here to work. I think. I mean, he's looked great. He looks better. He's working harder here than he did in all Japan. Yeah. For the last few years, anyway. I mean, he looks—he looked great. Uh, Endo. He's clearly I, just been like rejuvenated by getting to work all these new young guys. I, I agree, and because he, he gets to work a different style of match. Well, I think I, I think completely I, disagree with that. I think he's brought his style to DDT. I think really? he's, okay. I think he's imposing his style on DDT. And no, I, don't I think, think and he's I think imposing a, his style, but I don't think he's getting like clubbed in the head by you know, Suwama. So I think, fair, I guess. I, and he's not. You know, I mean, he's not. I just think it's maybe a little easier. Uh, well, I don't really want to say well, easier. Working, I just think it's different. He's working juniors now, basically. Right. Like he's in a junior promotion for the most part, and he's he's getting to do a different kind of stuff. Like he's getting to like you know like he I think especially that Takashita match from Ultimate mm-hmm. Party was really his style of match. But mm-hmm. I think he's getting to work a different like he's getting to work as like the big bully instead of being up against all these heavyweights. That is true. Right, so yeah, so instead of having to, you know, kind of, I'm not going to say the underdog, but kind of an underdog role against like a Suwama. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, instead, he's able to be the big guy, and, and he's dealing the punishment instead of getting it. Yeah. And I think that's probably better on him, especially at this age, but he's been great, and he, he really, uh, he brings fire out of the guys he gets in the ring with. Yeah. Uh, you know, your Endos, and I, I really enjoyed this. I thought Endo looked great. He's a freak athlete, and that just pops off the page every time I watch him. 
And he has he has really, super charisma too. He has which is, great Which is why charisma. I've always said he like Endo versus Takashita. I've always been Endo because they both have great athleticism. They both pull off their moves like about as good as anybody in wrestling. But mm. Endo has the in ring charisma to me and the you know the the pop off the page charisma. Hey, Takashita, he, I think he kind of struggles with that for especially for a guy that's pushed as a big ace. You know, I think he just he doesn't have the yeah. ace level charisma. Yeah, when I watch uh, when I watch him, I just I don't get. I, I don't get what other people get. I mean, I think uh, he's a really good wrestler, but I just don't I think, think... He's, I think he's a good wrestler. I, just, I don't get any charisma. Yeah, he doesn't have the he doesn't have ace charisma, but you yeah. know, it, it how old is Endo? Endo's like twenty nine. See, it surprises me. Like you know, you're big. I mean, maybe they've come to him, but I, to me, if you're New Japan, you just throw a blank check at the man and drag him over, kicking and screaming. <laughs> I mean, I I I think very like. If I was building well, a they, junior, they junior tried, it would they, be Hiromu and then him. They tried to get a lot of GT people over the years, so yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure I just, one of them. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I'm gonna say I. I just think if I was building a junior division, it would have been. I mean, my priority list would be Hiromu at the top for obvious reasons, but then it would be him. He's great. Uh, I so yeah. Every time I tune into DDT, I'm just I. I am always kind of shocked at how good he is, and I guess I need to quit being shocked about it. Yeah. Uh, so I went four and a quarter. I really enjoyed it. Uh, the height he got on the shooting star was kind of nuts. Yeah, I mean, he clung, he was in the air for like two seconds. He was just it was, yeah, yeah. So yeah, uh, I really enjoyed it. So the do standings after night one. Oh, so, so the show overall, great show. I mean, basically, you can skip the opening tag, the four way tag, and you can also skip Akito and Mao, honestly. But every match after that was like good to great, and you know the two main events were awesome. Just a really fun show. It's a breeze. It's only two hours. I mean, just an awesome start to the tournament. So, uh, the Do standings in the A block: uh, Akito, Hiroshima, and Sasaki are all one and zero. Yukio Sakaguchi is the one guy who hasn't wrestled yet, and zero and zero. And then Takashita, Mao, and Chris Brooks all start off zero and one. B block: Tetsuya Endo, Makoto Oishi, and Yukio Ueno all start one and zero. Soma Takao still hasn't wrestled yet. And then Shuma Katsumata, Junakyama, and Katsumata Gucci all at 0 and 1. Uh, let's take a look ahead to night two, which we got a little bit of a break here. It's not night two is not until Friday the 27th. Again, this will be covered on the Omakase Patreon. Uh, so we don't have a match order yet. So all I can tell you is what the matches are and what I think the main event will be, but we don't have the exact match order at this time. So this is from the Tokyo Narimasu Act Hall. This is one of the two free shows they're doing. Uh, during this tour, so it's a free attendance. Uh, the opener is a tag match with Yukio Naya and Hideki Okatani versus Tomomatsu Matsunaga and Keiko Nakamura. A block matches Takashita versus Akito, Sasaki versus Mao, and Sakaguchi versus Brooks. Uh, the guy who has off on the A block that night is. Uh, let me see. It's I guess it's. Oh god, who the fuck is it? <laughs> Why can't I figure this out? Oh, Tarashima, duh. So Hiroshima has off on the uh, second night. Um, I would expect Takashita to beat Akito unless they're going to have him start off 0-2. Who knows? Uh, Sasaki Mao. Maybe Mao gets the upset after Sasaki you know, got the big win over Takashita. And then Sakaguchi versus Brooks. I think Brooks will win, but that could go either way, really. Uh, the B block, you have Tetsuya Endo versus Shuma Katsumata. Katsusada Higuchi versus Makoto Oishi. And Soma Takao versus Yuki Ueno. Uh, the guy who has off in the B block 
is Jun Akiyama. So there you go. No Akiyama for free. Although I think he does work the other free show. But there you go. Um, Endo Higuchi. That'll be a really... That should be... Oh, that's on the 28th. <laughs> Never mind. Uh, Endo and Shunma. Uh, Endo will win that. Uh, Higuchi and Oishi. I, I think Higuchi will win that. Especially after he lost his first match. And Soma and Ueno. Could go either way. I, maybe Soma wins that. Especially since Ueno's already won to know. Um... But yeah, main event. Huh. I don't. There's no not a super obvious main event to me here. Maybe Takashita Akito because it's a unique uh, all out versus all out match. But we'll have to wait and see closer to the show what the main event ends up being. And again, we'll be covering that on Friday on the Omakase Patreon, along with the show on Saturday on the Omakase Patreon, the 28th. Uh, that has the Endo Higuchi match. I can't wait for. Uh, and then back here on the free feed next Sunday, we'll be covering another Do show. Uh, I'll have a guest, TJ, from the One Wrestling Podcast to cover uh, the Best of Super Juniors Night 6 from Corken Hall and the DO Night 4, which is their Osaka show. And that show has um, Harassment versus Sasuke, uh, Endo versus Ueno, some good stuff there. So definitely going to be excited to talk about that one. Uh, Jeff, anything you want to wrap up with here before we wrap things up? Uh, no, other than I'll probably <laughs> be doing two articles in the near future one on uh, Tanahashi's unfortunate descent down the card and uh, what that means to uh, me in particular as somebody who kind of came in off the back of Tanahashi uh, I wasn't one of the guys who hopped in during the Omega Okada era not that I think there's anything wrong with it I'm just I, I got in for Tanahashi uh, and see so as you know since I was I started watching probably when I was 11, 10 or 11 and so seeing him slowly kind of start working his way down the card now uh, it's rough, man. And I think it's the first time I've actually seen that with a wrestler I was invested in. So I'm doing an article on that. And I'm doing one on the uh, thing you mentioned with Suzuki Goon about how they've kind of taken the neutral role and how they've been the MVPs of Japan this year. So uh, look out for that soon. On voiceofwrestling.com. Yeah. There you go. Uh, do you want to plug your Twitter? Uh, Jeff underscore Andrews 21, I think. <laughs> I Is that what like it, it changed again? Unless was that not what I had? I thought you had like I thought it was like Jeff like L I J or something. No, it was Ika L I J for a bit. And then, yeah, nope, I'm right. It's Jeff underscore Andrews twenty one. Okay, so you changed your Twitter again. I'm yep. glad. I'm glad because I'll be looking for it to put your link in the thing. <laughs> and I would have been very confused. Uh, okay, but yeah, so there you go, uh, folks. You can follow us on Twitter, of course, at Russell Omakase. Wrestling would not fit. Uh, you can follow, check out the Patreon, which I plugged a million times already, but it's patreon.com slash wrestlingomakase, $5, and you'll get to lit, hear all of our tournament coverage coming up this week. Uh, again, you know, Monday, Best of Super Juniors Night 4, Tuesday, World Tag League Night 5, Wednesday, Super Juniors Night 5, Friday, DO Night 2, Saturday, World Tag League Night 6, and DO Night 3 with a guest. I mean, just so much Patreon audio coming up this week, so... You clearly love wrestling more than me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, 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 clearly I have nothing better to do with my life when we're all still locked inside. Well, we should be. Some of us aren't, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm staying... All of us should be. Some of us aren't. That's the best <laughs> yeah. way to put it. I'm staying inside this week, that is for sure. I'm not going to go to any fucking big Thanksgiving. Look anyway. on the bright side. This will all be blown over by the end of next year when everyone, literally everyone, has had the disease because it's just going to spread at that rate. Yeah. Uh, but next week, you know, like I said, TJ will be on here on the free feed to talk Best of the Super Juniors Night 6 and DO Night 4. Uh, 
And so that'll be the next free episode, so look out for that. In the meantime, folks, thank you as always for listening, and we'll see you next time.